0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you know the words, go ahead and say them along with me. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Amen. It's the common table prayer, one that for many of us is just part of our nature. We know the words so well because many of us have learned it from such a young age. But what does that prayer mean? When we pray the words of that prayer, what are we asking God for? What are we saying to God? Well, this last week I conducted an informal survey of multiple people asking them what they are praying for when they pray that prayer. And every single person I asked told me just about the same thing, that they're asking that the Lord be with them be with them in their time, with their family, their friends, and bless their time together and bless this food they are about to eat. But what if I were to tell you that there could actually be a much deeper meaning to that prayer? What if I were to tell you that actually as we pray the words of that prayer, we are asking for the second coming of Christ? That we are actually asking Jesus to bring his judgment day today. Some of you might be like, whoa, that's not what I've been asking for. That's not the way I learned that prayer. And admittedly, that's not the way I learned that prayer either. And it might even sound strange. I mean, two, three times a day, we're asking for the Lord Jesus to bring his judgment day. Before you've had a full cup of coffee and your breakfast, you're already saying, Lord Jesus, come back to this earth now. It also sounds like a bold prayer to pray regardless of when you pray it. For us as Christians to actually ask God to say, Jesus, come back today? But that's just the thing. It is a bold prayer to pray. And it is a bold prayer that we ought to pray every single day. See, today we hear the words of Jesus from Revelation chapter twenty-two in which Jesus says to us, surely I am coming soon. Surely I am coming soon. And the verb that is used here in the Greek language is in the indicative present tense. What that means is that this verb indicates certainty. With certainty, Jesus will come. And even more than that, some Greek scholars would say that this verb indicates immediacy as well. And to that point, Jesus himself adds the word soon. Certainly, Jesus is coming soon. Now, I know the word soon is a very relative term. Soon we will have dinner. Soon we will be there. Soon I will tell you what we're going to do. And some people may wish that Jesus is sooner, would be much sooner already here. Where some people may wish that his soon be far later and further off in the distance. But regardless of what we wish, what we want, the point is, Jesus will come. His words today in Scripture for us are a promise. And it's a promise that's made by Jesus. These aren't the words of a promise from your friend who can never seem to keep his promises. Nor are they the words of your family member or your friend, as well-intentioned as they are, who are flawed human beings who sometimes simply can't keep their promises. No, these are the words. These are the promises of Jesus himself. Jesus, who as it also says in our scripture reading, is the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. All of that to mean that Jesus is true God. He is one with the Father and the Spirit. He is the source of all creation, the Lord over all creation, and exists throughout eternity. He is the one who was promised and the one who has come shining his glory so brightly. That's who Jesus is. That's who makes this promise to you. Because this promise that he gives is given to his church, the bride of Christ, saints, everyone throughout all eternity who believes in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Which means it's for you. That today to you, Jesus says, surely I am coming soon. Soon I am coming to take you into eternal life with me. That Jesus is coming to take you into his new heavens and his new earth someday. That Jesus is coming to take away your pain, your suffering, and your sorrow forever. That Jesus is coming to take away the sin of the world forever, but also, and especially your sin as well. That's his promise to you. And to that promise... We hear the faithful response. That to be our faithful response as well. That again we read in scripture, John says, Amen, come Lord Jesus. Now when we look at these words in the Greek, we learn something else as well. That actually some people would argue we should insert another English word here in this translation and that word would be now. That instead we should read these words as Amen, come now Lord Jesus. Don't just come sometime, but come now, Lord Jesus. Yeah, even if all the Greek scholars don't agree on that, they agree on one thing, that these words from John are in the imperative, that they are a petition from John to Jesus. He is specifically requesting, asking for something from Jesus. It may sound a little bit odd for some, redundant, maybe inattentive, that John is asking for something that Jesus literally just promised, but it's not. It's not odd, nor is it redundant, nor is it inattentive. Rather, a response like this shows trust, approval, desire for the very promise that Jesus has to give. So John says, amen, come Lord Jesus, which is in essence to say, come Lord Jesus, bring your judgment day. It is to ask for that day in which Jesus will gather all of us together in that new heaven and that new earth, which will be so glorious, with the river of life flowing all throughout and the tree of life bearing all kinds of fruit and light forever. But it's also to ask that Jesus come back and separate all those who don't believe in him and that they be sentenced to hell forever. Forever those who are referenced in our reading today, who will be outside, the dogs and sorcerers, the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Those who do these things and follow these ways with no desire for God's word, having heard his word and yet rejected what it has to say, they will be eternally separated from God. And this is serious. This isn't some game. This isn't just some story. This is a real life or death matter. Real life or death matter concerning valuable, real, living, breathing people. People who, quite frankly, aren't all that different from us. We, too, at times have been guilty of these very same things. And that those who do not repent, who've heard God's word, and yet still desire to go in their own way, to curse God and reject what he has to offer, they will be eternally separated from him. And when we consider that that's what it means in part to pray this prayer, some of us may think, how can I pray that prayer? How could I? Why should I ask for that day to come? Don't we want all people to be saved? And we do. But the thing is, this prayer, these three short words, Amen, come Lord Jesus, so much more is packed into them than just asking for the separation of the believers and the unbelievers. To pray these three words is also to say, Lord, reign among us. Reign amongst us as we eat and drink As we work and we play, as we sleep, guard us, protect us, reign amongst us, Lord. These three words are also to say, Lord, pour out your spirit on us. Move us to holy baptism. Claim us as your own. Mark us as yours. Put your name on us so that we may have that faith to be with you forever. And these three words are also to say, Lord, pour out your spirit on others so that they may believe too. Because Lord, you desire no one to perish. You do not delight in the death of the wicked. And may we share that same thought. May we do all we can to share your word in truth and love to others. We pray too, Lord, lead us to your table. Your table, feed us with your son's body and blood today and regularly so we may receive your gifts. And yes, Lord, finally, Lord, may you bring us together with all your saints, our own family members, our friends, all of our family in Christ to be in the eternal life that is true hope and peace and joy. That's what it means to pray these three words. These words that start off our common table prayer. Now, I don't want to completely ruin the common table prayer for you. Please, keep on praying that common table prayer exactly the way you learned it. But I do say, add a prayer to your life. Add the bold prayer which we are given today in Revelation chapter 22, that you may daily pray, amen. Come, Lord Jesus, amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord, amen.